Welcome to the 516th episode of Travelage Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with co-host Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and we're in the 12th season of Travelage Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travelitch Radio. And tonight, we're talking about the fascinating countryside of Philadelphia with our guest, Nina Kelly, Director of Marketing and Communications. Welcome, Nina, to Travelitch Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Dan and Mary Ellen. I'm so pleased to be here. When the United States declared its independence in 1776, Philadelphia was its most populous city, and it's still the sixth largest city in the U.S. Pastoral pleasures don't immediately come to mind. So first, tell us where Philadelphia's countryside is. It is such a beautiful area. It's very bucolic. It is um, nestled in the southeastern corner of Pennsylvania and northern Delaware. So we straddle the two states. And we're very conveniently located between the big metropolises of New York City and D.C. Um, and right outside of Philadelphia. The countryside is just a short trip from Center City um, and also from Philadelphia International Airport. The countryside of Philadelphia played a very significant role in the Revolutionary War. Both the Brady Mine Battlefield and Valley Forge National Historic Park offer living history villages. What are the can't-miss attractions for history buffs? Uh, there's a lot of history, and not just Revolutionary War history. So the, the largest engagement of the Revolutionary War did take place at Brandywine. Uh, unfortunately, our side lost. So uh, they regrouped the, the uh, soldiers and wintered in Valley Forge. So that is another wonderful asset is the Valley Forge National Historical Park. And that, along with the Brandywine Battlefield, tell the story of history in the region of the Revolutionary War. Um, Valley Forge has um, over 3,500 acres, so it is really a huge monument of, um, of this war, as well as um, there's meadows and woodlands and outdoor adventure. Well, I want to recommend to our listeners that they start actually in old Philadelphia and go to the Museum of the American Revolution, a real world-class museum. I loved it there and it will really tell you a lot of the events that took place in the countryside of Philadelphia. Have you been there? That's, yes, and it's a, that's a great idea, Dan. It, it really puts it all contextually together and tells a very pervasive story of not just Brandywine and Valley Forge, but so many other um, parts and nuances to the revolution. The greater Philadelphia region abounds in horticultural assets, earning it the moniker America's Garden Capital, World-renowned Longwood Gardens could be considered its cornerstone. Why is it one of the most memorable? It is amazing. So Greater Philadelphia is America's garden capital with more public gardens concentrated in one area than any place in the continent. And Longwood Gardens is one of the world's great display gardens. It's situated on over 1,000 acres. Um, it features 20 outdoor gardens and a breathtaking four-acre conservatory the most beautiful architectural grandeur, and it's just an oasis of beauty with the largest collection of, of fountains in the, um, North America, 
And the highlight of that collection is a main fountain garden, which features just jets soaring over 1,700 feet, and uh, or I'm sorry, 1,700 jets soaring over 175 feet, and just an amazing experience in this spring, summer, and fall. Longwood's story is one of legacy, innovation, and stewardship, which is why Longwood Gardens is being reimagined for 2024. What are some of the exciting things planned? Uh, it's 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 jaw dropping and breathtaking, and and uh, we're blessed that Longwood is one in our backyard, and two, um, this 250 million dollar expansion uh, will debut next year. It is um, highlight of it is going to be a 32 thousand square foot west conservatory and it's going to um, look like it's floating on water on pools of water it is a crystal palace as we're calling it um, with asymmetrical peaks um, going up to the sky it's just amazing and um, between this new uh, west conservatory and the east conservatory which is there now there is a um, a new uh, bonsai collection um, which would be outdoor and a new water lily garden to tie them both together so um, very very amazing exhibition and and uh, new facilities that will open in 2024 like longwood gardens the mars arboretum the official arboretum of the commonwealth of pennsylvania also is on the national register of historic places what is its history, and what can visitors find there? I know there's a miniature train, so I like that a lot. It's so cool. Yeah, there's a miniature train at Longwood is, and seasonally as well, and the Garden Railway at Morris is so cool. Morris is actually um, the, the uh, Morris Arboretum and now Gardens. They've rebranded in 2023 of the University of Pennsylvania. So it's got a really rich history in here in Pennsylvania and Greater Philly. Um, it's the estate of siblings John and Lydia Morris, and it opened to the public in 1933. Um, today it has over 12,000 plants from North America, Europe, China, Japan, and Korea. Um, some of the signature gardens there include a rose garden. Uh, it's one of the oldest on the estate, and an English garden and a rock wall garden. And as you mentioned, that garden railroad, railroad is a treat for young and young at heart. <laughs> We're talking with Nina Kelly about the countryside of Philadelphia. Nina, the John James Audubon Center combines nature mm -hmm. and art. Can you tell our listeners about some of the highlights? Absolutely. So the John James Audubon Center is at Mill Grove, and it's situated on a uh, 18th century historic site that um, it's the farm where John James Audubon lived um, and when he first came to America from France. Um, in 1803. And here's where he developed actually his um, technique for drawing birds um, from real life that would allow him to come, become one of the world's really best known um, wildlife artists. He um, did these um, magnificent life-side portraits of birds in his seminal work, The Birds of America, and he really helped inspire and form the National Audubon Society um, still to date. And um, the site actually has a brand new building, um, a museum, and it features indoor exhibits focused on birds, art, and conservation. So it's really an amazing place, bringing in um, nature and art together. Oh, I, and I want to mention, I love Andrew Wyeth's artworks, and most of those revolved around the picturesque landscape countryside of Philadelphia. The Brandywine Museum of Art displays an unparalleled collection of works by three generations of the Wyeth family. And let's not forget the wood carvings at the Wharton Eric Museum. Could you tell us about those? 
I can. Two of my favorite spots. Uh, the Brandywine yes. Museum of Art is amazing, and it sits on the actual beautiful Brandywine River. Um, it is a restored 19th century gristmill, so the, the building itself is a work of art, and it is home to the museum, um, which is a treasure known internationally for its collections of three generations of the Wyeth family. Andrew is in the middle there and probably the most prominent American, but his father, N.C. Wyeth, was a, a renowned um, illustrator, and he's who brought the family here and Andrew himself, and then Jamie, Andrew's son, who is alive today and still a painting artist. So that museum has those three. And um, a really interesting thing off-site, and I'm not sure you know about this, Marianne, is there's some really great off-site tours that you can take while you're there at the museum. And they include Andrew's uh, studio tour, as well as um, the home he grew up in and his father's studio. Um, there are lots of museums and attractions to appeal to all tastes. How can visitors choose? <laughs> I, I know it's hard. You mentioned Wharton Ashok Museum. Again, really one of my favorites. He was the Dean of American Craftsmen, and he um, was a wood sculptor. So it's really an amazing place. Um, his actual uh, studio is a work of art itself. He has work in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Philadelphia Museum of Art, and his studio is actually on the National Historic Landmark for Architecture, and there's more than 200 of his works there. And then we've mentioned the Longwood Gardens, but um, the other DuPont mansions and gardens in the region are not to be missed. So Winterthur Museum, Garden and Library, and Nemours Estate, um, there are just too many to mention and, and too many beautiful things to them, so we encourage everyone to come visit these um, DuPont Gardens and Estates. They're astounding. Mm, I love Winter Tour. <laughs> now, this is something that I'm, I'm sure Dan would want to ask you about. We understand at the American Helicopter Museum, visitors can schedule a helicopter ride for a bird's-eye view of the beautiful countryside. What are some other ways to explore the countryside? It's funny. Um, we say up in the air in the helicopter at certain events, but... Um, down on earth here, you want to ride a canoe down the Brandywine River. Um, so that's a, a really wonderful, like, kind of tranquil way to just scrape through the countryside along the water. And one of our good partners at Northbrook Canoe Company, they do a canoe and dine. So several times uh, during the summer, you can book this canoe and dine and take an hour and a half canoe ride down the Brandywine. And then at twilight, come back and have a dinner with some live music and a bonfire. So nice s'mores go along with that as well. <laughs> and then for another bird's eye view, I think um, hot air balloon rides are a really fun way to um, just kind of traverse the countryside. And you might not, we don't have a lot of riding horses like as a horseback riding adventure for our guests, but we actually are a huge area for equestrian events. And that includes in uh, the spring, we have the Devon Horse Show and Country Fair, which is actually the largest multi-breed show in the country and the oldest in the country. We're talking about the countryside of Philadelphia with Nina Kelly. And I'm still thinking about s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay. Marsh Creek State Park sounds like a great place to enjoy picnicking, hiking, boating, and horseback riding. Tell us more, Nina. Oh, it's such a great spot. So a lot of um, this county, Chester County, is um, preserved 
open space. Actually, there's more open space in the countryside of Philadelphia than there is of all of, of, of Philadelphia city proper. Um, Marsh Creek is one of those wonderful assets we have. It's 1,784 acres um, throughout the rolling hills here. It's a great spot for hiking, biking, picnicking. Um, but the park also contains a 535-acre creek lake. Marsh Creek Lake. And so it's a really great resource for fishing, sailing, and to watch migrating waterfowl. So this whole idea of there's somewhat outdoor adventure in our uh, parks, but also that solace of nature. So um, really it goes hand in hand, like the beauty of it as well. And it's a wonderful um, place if you're a photographer to take pictures. So it's really enjoyable to go there. What else does the countryside of Philadelphia offer for families? Uh, families, there's so much to do. So a lot of the outdoor adventure we talked about, the helicopter museum um, that I mentioned, a lot of our really um, what would t normally be considered a, a um, adult, you know, museum like Winter Tour Museum Garden um, and Library, they actually have um, a, 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 an area outside called the Enchanted Woods for children. So it's very much a place where children can explore. Um, we have a snack food factory, so HERS potato chips and snack foods are made right here in Chester County and outside of Philadelphia. So they have a great tour on how their snacks are made and then a great gift shop. Um, there's a lot of um, history at um, the Brandywine Battlefield that we've talked about before and the Valley Forge Park. So I think when kids really enjoy history, we have a great place called Treehouse World and kids can climb up in treehouses and do zip lining and um, just a lot of fun, hands-on activities in the, the countryside. And we've got to at least mention Trail of the Jaguar at Elmwood Park Zoo. That's a big cat encounter, and I think it's designed by architects from Disney's Animal Kingdom. Is that correct? It is. So they did this beautiful 5,000-square-foot environment, giving the jaguars plenty of space to roam freely. And um, I know the people at Disney's Animal Kingdom were really the ones that, that put the, the – the touches on that, and it's a real highlight of, of the, the park. And the park itself, the Elmo Park Zoo, is just so cool with over 100 species that hail from all over the globe. There's giraffes and zebras and bald and golden eagles and these jaguars, obviously, with the new home and red pandas. So it's another great place for families. You're listening to Travel Itch Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee. Listen to us on iTunes or blogtalkradio.com or check out the archive show anytime on Facebook. And tonight we're talking with Nina Kelly, who is from Philadelphia's countryside. Great place to go. Mary Ellen. Nina, bargains are just as plentiful as blooms in the countryside of Philadelphia, and fabulous shopping can be found throughout. Tell us about some of the unique shopping experiences in the area. Uh, we're, it's awesome. So, you know, we like to say shop small and local. Um, and to do that, you'd be in our towns and villages all throughout the countryside of Philadelphia. So from Ambler and Skipback and Westchester and Phoenixville and Kenneth Square, which is the mushroom capital of the world, you know, we just have these wonderful network of small towns and villages that have very great, unique shopping and dining experiences. So we encourage that. But we're also home to the largest retail mall in the country, and that's King of Prussia. It is just in a renowned um, footprint of some of the most sought-after shopping in the world. And um, Pennsylvania does have tax-free um, shopping on both clothing and shoes. 
Oh, count me in. And we understand <laughs> craft breweries are plentiful with more than 70 throughout the countryside of Philadelphia. What are some of your favorites? I think um, we're very lucky. Nationally recognized Victory Brewing um, is home here um, with several locations. And a really interesting fact um, people might not know is that Victory does produce beer for Longwood Gardens with ingredients made from Longwood Gardens. So it's really just this little hidden secret And um, at the Longwood Gardens Beer Garden, you would try, we call it the botany of beer. And um, there's some grapefruit blends and strawberry blends. And this year, there's a black raspberry uh, wheat ale. So it's really a great spot to come. Um, The Bald Birds Brewing in Audubon is is a nod to um, John James Audubon and Bald Birds Mm -hmm. Brewing. Um, And again, we have over the countryside, we have like 70 plus. Um, and the, these, all these breweries, and, and um, they offer, like, good beer, but also wonderful local fare and music and events. So they're just really a fun asset to, to visit. And isn't the countryside of Philadelphia also home to several wineries where venophiles can experience beautiful estate vineyards and rolling hills? Absolutely. So the winery industry is um, in Pennsylvania is really a solid one, very strong, and um, it's an interesting um, palette of wines produced. And we're lucky that the oldest in Pennsylvania and largest producer is Chasford Winery, and that's in the countryside of, of uh, Philadelphia. So um, besides that nice big one, we have so many family-run labors of love. Um, one like um, Wayvine Winery and Vineyard, and that has like, these ones have like a beautiful landscape of vines. So they're actually, um, the vineyards are, are, are right there where the wine is made. And another very fun one is Paradox. And it's named for the founders, which are two couples, all four of whom are doctors. So the name oh. Paradox came from Pair of Docs. And they are oh. an amazing brewery, a winery. Yeah, you have to come visit. They do um, a lot of fun uh, packaging. They actually have um, uh, box wine, but it's served in uh, paint buckets. So uh, one's oh. called Barn Red and uh, Whitewash. And they've actually won awards for that unique packaging. And uh, just some very fun wineries in our region, yeah. <laughs> And the tradition of mushroom farming in the countryside of Philadelphia dates back as far as the late 19th century. Kenneth Square is known as the mushroom capital of the world, and chefs are famous locations. Please share. So a lot of people don't know, but over 60%, sometimes, you know, it ranges year to year, but over 60, sometimes 64% of the nation's crop of mushrooms comes from a 20-mile radius from Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. So the moniker, Mushroom Capital of the World, self-proclaimed, is given. And it is also a spot where we have a mushroom festival every year. It happens soon, coming up the weekend after Labor Day. And then also on New Year's Eve, uh, that town drops a mushroom, an 8-foot, 700-pound stainless steel lit-up mushroom welcomes the new year in Kennett Square. And as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the farm-to-fork creations, as you can imagine, it's the freshest mushrooms you can get. So restroom, restaurants throughout the region serve these fantastic dishes. Um, mushroom soup is known far and wide all year long. Longwood Gardens actually has, their 1906 restaurant has an amazing mushroom soup. 
And one of my favorite restaurants in Kennett is Portobello's of Kennett Square, and hence the name Portobello's. Um, certainly not only mushroom dishes, but some amazing mushroom ones as well. We're talking with Nina Kelly about the countryside of Philadelphia. I definitely think that they should try that mushroom out in Times Square next New Year's. <laughs> no, Dan, we yeah. say forget Times Square. It's Kennett Square. <laughs> okay. All right. That's okay. Well, Nina, guests can find accommodations in every price range from the best-known chains to charming B&Bs and boutique hotels, even camping and glamping. Could you give us some examples? We are so lucky of having this infrastructure. So, you know, Dan and Mary Ellen, here we are talking to people and we're inviting them in. Well, when we do that, we want to open the doors and welcome them to stay overnight. And that's very important to us. We have accommodations from these big full-service brands that we all know and some people have their, you know, um, affinity groups too and, and get their rewards. Uh, we have a Desmond Hotel. It's a Doubletree by Hilton a Sheraton Great Valley, there's a Crown Plaza and Valley Forge. So these big, beautiful, full-service properties. But we also have charming boutique hotels, which kind of don't have a name brand recognition, but they are very charming and a little bigger than a traditional bed and breakfast. So the Joseph Ambler Inn, Normandy Farm, and the Mendenhall Inn, and Hotel Warner, they're all just really beautiful, that mid-range boutique hotel. And then cozy bed and breakfast. And, you know, they could have as few as three, four rooms. Um, obviously, breakfast is served, as in the name. They're lovely. And um, some of my favorites are the Inn at White Wing Farm and the George Washington Wood bed and breakfast. So these places, just your families welcome you in, and it's just a wonderful experience. Um, as you're spending all this time to do all the things we're telling you to do uh, here today, but um, lovely places to stay as well. How far is the countryside of Philadelphia from the biggest airport, I guess, Nina? Yes, so Philly Airport, um, any really place. So the countryside's a kind of wide open spot, but you're I'm really an hour or less from Philly Airport, um, a lot of the spots. So um, it's just really a great, um, easy distance from the airport, um, and we find that really helpful for travelers. And I know that you're not too far, Philadelphia's countryside, Places like Lancaster and Hershey and Gettysburg, all kinds of great spots in Pennsylvania to go. So people can make a whole week out of it or more, right? Absolutely, yes. We definitely encourage people to come in and out. And, um, you know, we, we do um, welcome um, people from all over. And, and, we you know, they might stay in this area and visit the city or they might stay in the city and visit us or vice versa. And same as you said, Gettysburg or Lancaster or whatever. The state of Pennsylvania is amazing, and we have a great partnership with our friends at Visit PA. Um, and just, again, sell the whole state as, a, as an attraction, um, both, both um, locally and domestically and internationally. Well, I know that you were involved with IPW San Antonio, and that is basically to attract European travel to the U.S. So do you get many international travelers? We do. Um, the area is, um, you know, uh, very sought after, again, Philadelphia being the gateway, and hence we're um, the countryside of Philadelphia. And that really helps international travelers see this um, opportunity to come visit us. And we really do have visitors from all over the globe um, 
and it, it's just a, a again a, a wonderful sell like everything we've talked about tonight with history and dining and shopping and different you know activities and the mushroom capital of the world and the America's garden capital are most of your travelers drive-in people you know Americans from the East Coast driving there yes we're very much a driving destination um, you know I forget the stat of I think 38% of the country lives within, you know, 200 miles or something. It's ridiculous how nicely condensed we are here. Um, and so, yes, we're very much a driving destination. Um, we're not a city where you can easily get around um, with buses and things like that. Uber's made a big difference. Um, but we find both, you know, obviously domestic drives, but um, a lot of our international travelers easily drive, and we're happy about that. Okay, before we wrap up, I'd like to know, and I'm sure our listeners would too, what is your background and where do you go when you want to go on vacation? It sounds like you've got a great vacation right there. Yes, we do. So staycations became the norm, didn't they, during COVID? So um, I actually have the privilege to working to working it with so many of these organizations that we talked about. It was at Longwood yesterday, and it's just my happy place. And um, so I um, am, have a background in um, both restaurants and uh, a, um, an, a country inn and then a hotel. So I learned a lot of the hospitality industry there. And um, then I started over ooh, uh, 25 years ago in um, as tourism cell. Um, so it's been uh, a, a love affair ever since because I love to welcome people here of an area I love so much. Um, and when you ask me about vacationing myself, I am about to have a daughter-in-law who is Swedish. So that is my next trip will be to Sweden. Um, and I have been lucky enough to visit Ireland and was one of the, my favorite places in the whole world. And, um, but I'm a, you know, I'm a local girl here to outside Philly. So the Jersey shore <laughs> is our uh, go-to. I was in Avalon this summer and, uh, you know, don't get to vacation quite as much as I'd like anymore. I'm staying a little closer to home with grandbabies now. So, but uh, I am looking forward to Sweden and seeing the homeland of my uh, beautiful new daughter-in-law to be. Congratulations on that. We love the Jersey Shore too, and we've had Wildwood featured on this program. So it's a great doo-wop town. The only one in the whole yeah. country. It's wonderful there. Love okay, Wildwood. if Travel with Radio listeners want to learn more about the countryside of Philadelphia, how do they do that? They would go. We have a great website that's for trade and visitors called countrysideph.com, um, and it has it's very um, pervasive with a lot of different information. Um, domestically, we work with um, Montgomery County, so they have a website valleyforge.org, and our website in Chester County is brandywinevalley.com. So three spots where you could get plenty of information about visiting. Is there anything we haven't asked that you would like to add? Well, you and Mary Ellen have done an excellent job. So the only thing I want to add is that we would absolutely invite all your listeners to visit us and experience this wonder for themselves. And you and Mary Ellen need to visit and see also. I know what she's going to do, some shopping. And I think, Dan, you <laughs> really want those mushrooms and some more. So... I think I have what might interest both of you. And the train ride. And the train ride, right. <laughs> Even and if it's a miniature train, train, that's okay. <laughs> okay, our guest tonight has been Nina Kelly, Director of Marketing and Communications for the Countryside of Philadelphia. Thanks, Nina, for being one of our best guests ever on Travel with Radio. 
Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure to meet both of you. Thank you. And listeners, now that the baseball season is into its last two months, there's nothing better for off days or rain delays than a good baseball book. Like my latest, Baseball's Memorable Misses, an unabashed look at baseball's craziest zeros. The funniest and most unusual baseball book of the year, it's an illustrated paperback, $14.99 at your bookstore, even less from Amazon.com. See Sandy Koufax on the cover. Such a deal. Get it tonight. And that's it for this edition of Travel Itch. Next week, same time, same station. We'll talk West Virginia with Lauren Hutton. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg along with Mary Ellen Nugent Lee saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. Mm-hmm.